friendly church and have people who want to greet one another and share. It's awesome. Well, I've got a rather long sermon today. I'm dedicating it to the fantasy football team. Uh, that's a personal <laughs> personal joke. No, I'm actually, it's I'm one of my normal, normal messages, but there was some smack talk yesterday among the uh, fantasy football league about hoping that the sermon would be short today. And so, <laughs> um, so anyway, what a great fun time we have here and we can mess with one another. Um, we're starting a new series today. It's called Shedding Your Skin. And for those of you who received the card in the mail or for those of you who saw the graphic on Facebook, you may have looked at it and said, oh my goodness, that's creepy looking. Isn't it? It's a little bit different seeing the exoskeleton of someone fall to the ground and then walk away from it. Um, And Jamie and I batted this back and forth, and we really thought, should we do this? Should we not do this? This is a little out there. But it really said what we want to begin to say to you in this next series, that it's time to shed the past, shed everything that's held you bound, and um, make room for growth in your life and make room to move forward in the kingdom of God. So um, anyway, it's, a, it's an unusual graphic, but it's something that we wanted to share with you, and um, I think it uh, truly represents the series. Uh, so I'm kicking it off this morning, and my first message today is called Shake It Off. And um, so you'll learn more about that as we move into the message Uh, The first scripture I want to share with you is in Matthew 9, and I guess this is probably our base scripture for why it's important to shake it off, although the word talks extensively about the new man, about putting away the old and becoming the new. But uh, this is the scripture that particularly uh, was impacting in my life, and so I wanted to share that with you. It's in Matthew 9, verse 17, and I'm reading in the New Living Translation. And uh, it says this, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved, both the wineskin and the wine. And um, so... You don't take new wine and pour it into old wineskins because it would not be healthy for you. It would not be healthy for the wineskin itself. So, uh, what is a wineskin? A wineskin is a bag made from the skin of an animal. Uh, New wine was always put in a new bag so that the bag would stretch. Stretch. Some of you accuse me of stretching you. And uh, that's just part of the process. New wine was always put in a new bag so that the bag would stretch as the wine continued to ferment. And then the bag would harden. An old bag would burst if new wine was put into it. An old bag would burst if new wine was put into it. So as we seek the Lord and say, um, I want more of your presence. I want more of your power. I want more of your anointing then what we're also saying to him is, I want a new bag. I want a new wineskin. Now, the part of it where we want more of him uh, is a good thing, right? But when it comes to him changing us and changing out our bag (laughs) and making us different and stretching us, it's a little bit harder to understand, right? 
So, want more new wine? First thing you need to know is that you need a wineskin, a new one. Uh, you need to shake off or molt off the old one, shake it off, and uh, become a vessel that God can pour his infinite power into. How many of you want more power, more authority in the kingdom, more love, more goodness, more fruit of the Spirit? Want more? Then you're a candidate for a new wineskin. Amen. So what does it mean to mold or to shake it off? Mold is one of those words we don't talk about a lot. Well, I was walking down the street and I saw someone molt. You know, we don't use that word, do we? I mean, it's not something, it's not something we go there with, right? Um, and we don't talk about how we do that. Um, what does it mean to molt? It's a verb that means to shed the old feathers, hair, skin, fur, or an old shell to make way for new growth. And so when you molt or you shed... Um, it can be any variety of things, skin, hair, fur, um, uh, just the old shell, the old exoskeleton, anything that would make way for new growth in your life. And new growth is important. Um, our whole concept of life is to continue to grow. We see cute little babies. I saw a cute little baby when I walked in this morning, so adorable. You know, the headband and the flowers and everything. But if that baby was 20 years old and dressed like that, I would say, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. And so uh, stages are cute, but stages are always for the next stage, which is growth. Uh, you mold two times. One is a specific time of the year, and the second one is a specific point in a life cycle. So those are the two times that you mold, a specific ordained time of the year, in nature, we see it, and a specific point in a life cycle. It has to do with age and life cycle. So who molds? If we're going to ask you to mold, we need to know a little bit more about molding, right? So this is when I turned into a nerd. After all, I was the kid that read the encyclopedia and uh, <laughs> for pastime. So I want to give you a little bit of uh, information about who molds. First of all, cats molt. Cats shed their hair. Those of you who have cats know that happens regularly. You wear it, you eat it. Around our house, we call uh, cat hair a condiment. It ends up on everything. <laughs> you know, well, just I'll have a hamburger and a little bit of cat hair. Thank you very much. And so um, cats molt. Um, the other thing I didn't know is that chickens molt. I've never been around a lot of chicken farming. And, uh, but chickens molt, and they molt, molt in the autumn part of the year. And during the time that they're molting, they don't lay eggs. So they're basically infertile during that time that they're molting. And then they uh, move into a time where they're more fertile than they have ever been. And so a great lesson there, even though it might be a step back in ministry or a step back in a period of time where you and the Lord get together and you shake it off, um, it is a time where great ministry comes forth after that, after that molting. Dogs molt. You know that dogs shed. Snakes molt. It's interesting. Snakes slide out of their outgrown skin. Now, the reason they molt is because they outgrow the skin that they're in. And for them to continue to grow, they have to go through a process. Any of you ever seen 
a snake skin laying on the side of the road and you think, yeah, that's awful, that's nasty. <laughs> well, the way a snake does it is he bangs his head against the rock until his skin splits. And then he bangs it on the other side until the skin splits. And then he slides out of that old dead skin and he frees himself so that he can be able to grow and grow bigger and better than he's ever been. And so uh, when I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, sometimes when we molt and when we shake it off, it literally takes us banging our head against the rock. Jesus is the rock. And it takes us uh, as an act of our will, uh, coming in contact with Jesus in a direct and aggressive manner so that we can break out of the old and move into the new. So, I don't like snakes. I'd rather them not molt and just die. Um, <coughs> lizards molt. Um, hermit crabs molt. It's interesting about hermit crabs. They bury themselves for weeks. Thus, I guess that's the reason they're called hermits. Hermit crabs bury themselves for weeks. And they molt and then... <coughs> They eat their exoskeleton that they shed. I guess if you molt it and then eat it, there's no way that you could ever be tempted to crawl back into it. And, uh, you know, that in itself may be a good lesson for us, right? Shed it and then get rid of it in such a way that you can never crawl back into it. I am tempted. I'm one of those people who's tempted to put everything in reverse and go back. But when you molt and when you shed and when you shake it off, then God calls us to move forward, not to move back. Salamanders and frogs molt. Arachnids molt. Now, arachnids are spiders. Um, there are also, um, there's 100,000 species in this particular category. They have two body parts and eight legs. So if you see something that has two body parts and eight legs, there are folks who molt. And they're called arachnids. Uh, they're spiders, scorpions, ticks, mites, and uh, also insects molt. And insects always molt their exoskeleton. <clears throat> I remember when Sam and Jamie were growing up, we had a lot of pine trees in our yard. And one day I walked out and I saw this um, vacant skeleton, exoskeleton, hanging onto a pine tree. And I knew that a pine tree beetle had molted and left his skeleton. So I called the guys and says, come look. This, this pine beetle has molted and left his skeleton. Well, it really became a thing for them. And, I mean, they would hunt for exoskeletons. They would hunt for the molted outside, put them in a can or put them in a bag, and they would have a contest to see who could find the most molted exoskeletons. But it's really interesting. It's a really interesting thing in nature, and it's fun after this message, you're going to begin to see them. You're going to begin to see it all around you in a way that you never have before. Now, adult birds, uh, they also molt, and they will molt at least once a year. And uh, we don't see that because most of the time that happens out in the wild and um, so that we don't see that. And um, so molting is something that's a part of nature. It's a part of our life. It's a hidden part of our life that we really don't think a lot about, uh, a lot about molting or shedding our skin. 
but it's something that really happens. And I clicked it too many times. I want to share a scripture with you uh, to give shedding your skin or molting in perspective. It's Psalms 119.83. haven't treated three translations because um, it uses a different word to give meaning in each one. The first one is the New Living Translation. It says, I'm shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. In the English Standard Version, it says, I've become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statues. King James Version says, For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet I do not forget your statues. So the thing that I thought was interesting about that is that it's a natural process in our life that our wineskin, our vessel that holds the wine of the Holy Spirit, the wine of the new covenant, uh, just by very nature of what we are and who we are, it begins to dry out. And uh, the pressures of life, um, the determined cycles of life, causes that wineskin to dry out. But you'll notice that David said, I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. So what I'm talking about this morning is particularly to the you who love the Lord. It's not to folks who do their own thing, but to you who love the Lord and don't forget his decrees and want to please him and want to present yourself a living sacrifice to him, then this message is for you. It's not for those who've forgotten him. It's for those who want more of him. Do I have the right folks this morning? Yeah. So those of you who want more of him have to enter that cycle of molting. Now, the scripture that I read to you in Matthew 9 became very, very real to me back in 1996. Uh, We had started the church in our home, and uh, we were meeting in the home. And uh, in September and in December that year, the 1st of December that year, my mom passed away. Well, people were still coming to my house. Whether my mom had died or not, the church was rolling on. It was really difficult. We had just committed to, Larry and I had just committed to um, purchasing a storefront and opening a storefront. And in February of the next year, in 97, that's exactly what we did. And I was just um, three short months from saying goodbye to my mom. And it was hard. I was being stretched. The next year, um, in um, 1998, again, we were moving to a building, and we actually were moving in April to um, the little building on Pine Tree Boulevard that we used to rent, and we were remodeling it, and Larry's dad died. And now he had been a surrogate dad for me, and when he passed away, it was a very, very sad time. So the next year... We're in the building. Everything's going good. It's day and night, work day and night to get the building uh, up to code and and to get uh, the church growing. And we used to have so many people coming on Sunday mornings that there was nowhere to park. The joke was, come earlier, you'll have to walk a mile to get to the church. And so we were going through great growth. And then my oldest brother died. And... um, In November of the following year, my father died, and all that was going on with that. And then uh, in 2001, we began to build this building that we're in, 
We also took a trip to India for 17 days, which totally stretched my wine skin way beyond anything I had ever had in it before. And then also, I had been one of those people who had never been in the hospital. Uh, I had my babies and went home, and that was it. And so I had never been in the hospital, but in 2001, I had surgery for the first time. So in 2002, my other brother died. So um, I had lost both parents. I'd lost a surrogate father, and I'd lost my two oldest brothers in a matter of seven years. We had moved from church to church to church. I had made international travel. And I tell you what, I was stretched. My marriage had been under attack in a way that it had never been under attack before. And in the middle of that, both of my boys married lovely wives. And uh, that's a joyous occasion, but how many of you know that's a stressful time too? And so both of them had married, and we had our first grandchild. In that seven-year period, I went to the Lord and I said, What in the world is happening Everything that I am, everything that I've ever been, every stable relationship I've ever had, I have an empty nest. I, you know, I, you're sending me out to minister in a foreign country where I can't even speak the language. And, you, you know, what in the world is happening to me? Why? You know, I just felt stripped down to the very bone. And the Lord took me back to Matthew 9, and he said, you know, I'm giving you a new wineskin. I said, well, that's great, but haven't we molted enough? You know, that's okay to say that to the Lord. Haven't we molted enough? But I felt like I had molted every fur, every feather, every hair, (laughs) every skin. I felt like I'd molted down to the bone. I felt like there was nothing left of me. Um, And then after the recovery of that seven-year period where I'd lost five members of my family, And I received the diagnosis that my other brother would die shortly. Uh, I said, okay, Lord, it's a new day, and I'm a new vessel. Pour in the wine. (laughs) If we're going to do this, let's do this. I want the kind that ferments and explodes and just, you know, is volatile. I don't want church as normal. I don't want all the things that I can do in my own strength. I don't want my own ability to administrate. I don't want my own ability to preach. If we're going to do this, if the deal is on, then the deal is on. I want all you've got. Pour it on. Since that time, you know, I molt regularly. (laughs) Y'all don't see that, but I molt regularly. And um, sometimes it's because of things that people say. Sometimes it's because of the things that people do. Sometimes, again, it's because of the loss of a loved one. But um, since that point where I understood the wineskin concept, the power of God has moved in such a supernatural way in the ministry that all I can say is I'm always way over my head. (laughs) But I've learned that all I've got to do is be the wineskin, and all I've got to do is be willing to let the vessel be uh, cleaned and changed and stretched so that new wine can be poured in. Amen. God is so good. Supernatural ministry began to follow, and I can tell you the years after all that happened to me, um, I began to move in a supernatural level of ministry that I'd never moved in before. 
opportunities to minister, travel, to write. Things came about that people always say, how did you do that? And I think, I don't know. It must have been the wine. (laughs) I don't know. It must have been the wine. Well, God is good. Amen? Amen. Um, I've never been accused of being cool. You can laugh. (laughs) I don't have any body piercings. I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any purple hair, although I would do purple hair if I was not one of your pastors. I think it's really pretty. Um, I've never been accused of being cool in any dimension in any way. I'm stable, steady, wise, friendly, all those things, but never cool. (laughs) So um, when I came up with a title for this sermon, I went to our church secretary who does the labels for the CDs, and I said, "Uh, so the name of my sermon is Shake It Off. And she smiled, a funny little smile, and I thought, well, that's a funny little smile, but I didn't pursue it. There was a lot going on. I didn't pursue it. So she told Jamie, um, I guess it was Friday, and uh, Jamie came to the door laughing, and he said, so the title of your message is Shake It Off? And I said, yeah totally oblivious and uh, he said he started singing it and I can't sing it like he sings it but anyway he started singing Shake It Off by Taylor Swift and he said you don't know about the song and I said I don't know about the song and he said it's a big song everybody knows this song and I thought I'm the only way I can be cool is to be led by the spirit I can't even get <laughs> I can't even get a cool title on my own and so <laughs> And so, um, that's just the way it is, you know, but I'm the vessel I am, and God loves me, right? And so, I looked up Taylor Swift's song, and I said, yeah, truly, she does say uh, what I'm trying to say today, Um, because the player's going to play, 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 and the hater's going to hate, hate, hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake it off. (laughs) Heartbreaker's going to break, break, break. And the faker's going to fake, fake, fake. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake it off. So she's talking about molting. She's talking about life and life circumstances and just shaking it off. The video, which was not appropriate for me to show in church this morning, um, has all these dancers dancing and shaking it off, from ballerinas to R&B dancers shaking it off. And, um, but, you know, I thought, that is exactly what we need to do. We need to shake it off. For you, it may be life experiences like I was going through, the death of a family member, um, a ministry that you felt way stretched to be a part of. It may be uh, a test for your marriage. It may be things that people have said that have really hurt your feelings. And when those things come... Our exoskeleton gets a little bit tough, gets a little bit dry. Um, The hair follicles get a little bit weary. The feathers that we carry get a little bit damaged and we can't fly as high. But you know what? God says to us, shake it off. Shake, 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 shake it off. And let me give you a new wine skin that I can pour into you what I have for you 
so that you can be filled with all the power and all the authority that God has for you and that I'm calling you to. It may be your first surgery. It may be a sickness you didn't get healed from. Shake it off. It may be financial. It may be a divorce. It may be a lot of things in your life. It may be an unexpected pregnancy or an unexpected miscarriage. It can be a lot of different things that we go through in this world. But in order to carry the anointing and the power of God Almighty with its most potent, fullest strength, then we need to learn to shake it off. Would you stand to your feet?